If you're born again in this room, the challenge for you is having your mind renewed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians 4 also says, put off the old man, be renewed in the spirit of of your mind, and put on the new man which is created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. You are listening to the Braveheart Podcast. For more information about Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org. Matthew 7, verse 15. Okay, we're going to talk about trees. Trees are all throughout your Bible. It um, started with a garden with trees. Uh, the gospel's about trees. Second coming's about trees. There's the thread of trees throughout the Bible. I encourage you guys, as you study the Bible, as you get on a thread like baptism or, or the blood, study the theme through the whole Bible. When you, when you find a deep gospel thread... Um, I just want to encourage you, this will blow your mind. If you study water, like the waters from the beginning to the end, there's some really amazing revelation. Like some people say, well, how, where do you, you know, how do you see these things? Some of it comes from when you see the, the full picture from Genesis to Revelation of a certain thread. God is so consistent with, with waters, like Israel going through the waters of the Red Sea, which corresponds to baptism, Jesus being baptized uh, in, by, by John in the Jordan. But then when John, this is a cool one, when John was in his mother's womb, Jesus baptized him in the Spirit. But he was in water. He was in his mother's womb in water. Right? So water, there's all these like threads of water throughout the Scriptures. And so we're going to look at trees. We're going to start in Matthew 7. Uh, one of the things I want to hammer home that I, I feel like there's a lot of questions around that I just feel like I want to be really certain and I want to have a, a, a dialogue about it um, and I want you to see it scripturally is the change from from our old nature to our new nature um, and that we see that. So this tree on the left is going to represent our old man and this tree on the right is going to represent our new man. All right, let's look at Jesus' uh, one of his most famous sermons, verse 15. I'm going to read it. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits." Let me ask you, is he talking about trees or fruits? What's the, what's, the, what's, the, uh, what's the foundational principle that he's trying to convey? Is he talking about fruit? Is he trying to convey something about fruit? Or is he trying to convey something about trees? Trees, trees right? Yes. Why? 
How do we know he's talking about trees? The tree's the one getting cut down. If it doesn't bear good fruit, okay, that's right. So he's saying that the, the fruit that you see in someone's life is actually connected to what kind of tree they are. It's a byproduct of what they are. Right? He's saying you're going to recognize them by their fruits, but their fruits are an indicator of what they are. And he's saying that you've got, you got to beware of these, of these false prophets. Why? Because outwardly, on the outside, they're wearing sheep's clothing. They look gentle and soft, but inwardly, they're wolves. So he's talking about their, their nature. They're inside, they're still wolves, but on the outside, it doesn't matter what you put on the outside, they're, it doesn't change the inside. The outside doesn't change the inside. The inside changes the outside. That's the principle. The nature of a thing, and, and again, he, he appeals to nature. I want you guys to see this. This is not some newfangled thing. This is as old as this book. He says, a, he says, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? What he's saying is you can't, the, if it's a, if it's a, uh, a thorn bush, it's not going to produce grapes. Why? Because the nature of a thorn bush is to produce thorns. It can't produce grapes. So he's being, he's being really extreme. He's being really emphatic. Um, and you'll see as you continue to go uh, throughout the scriptures that um, there is necessarily a change in our matri- nature. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. I'm just going to read a few verses. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ Controls us because we have concluded this that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Look at this, verse 16. Because of this, because of this death, from now on, therefore, we regard no one. Say, no one. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Now go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 verse 9 says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Watch this. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So to those who received him, who believed in his name, 
He gave them the right to become born again or born of God, right? So they're not born any longer according to the will of man or the will of flesh or according to blood. They've been born of God. They've been begotten of God through the word of God. I had someone come to me this weekend. I was in Denver ministering, and uh, they were wrestling with the fact that they had this generational line of, uh, I forget what it was now, but it was, it was some just demonic oppression thing in their life. And, and she was really wrestling with this. And I said, well, let me, let me show you something. You have a new family line. There's a lot of talk about generational curses, and I know that we can, we can pray things off of people, and I know that there's, there's some truth to that. But, but I, I really believe the gospel deals with those kind of things. Because if this is my family tree... Uh, this is our old man on the left side. So this, is, this, this tree represents sin. We were born into sin, right? So we were in bondage to sin. We, that song, prone to wonder, this is the prone. I'm prone because that's the kind of tree I am. So if, if this is a sinful tree, my old man is a sinful tree, someone that's not born again, they're not born of God, what kind of fruit are they going to produce? Sins, right? Pride, greed, lust, jealousy, anger. Envy. Oh, we got one more branch. Gluttony. Okay. Everyone got convicted. So, so let me ask you. The, these, these sins, the, the fruit of this tree, the fruit of this tree produces death, right? We know that, right? That sin leads to death. So these things will lead to death. Where did this tree come from? How did the tree, how did this tree get diseased? If this is a diseased tree, someone who's not born again, can they walk righteously? It's, they can't do it, right? It's impossible for them to walk right. Everyone agrees for, with that. Can I, I need everyone on the same page with me. This person is not born again. This represents a not born again person. This was us. Let's just make it us, Okay. We were all walking in all manner of this, okay? Not born again. And this is our old man. What happened to our tree? Where did the source of this disease come from? Okay, it came from the fall. Okay? I'm going to put the fall over here. What happened at the fall? Separation from God. How? How did the separation from God happen? Deception. What happened? What happened at the on the wake of their deception when Adam and Eve were deceived? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's set the scene. We've been we've studied the fall. Let's go back there. Where's Adam? Where's Eve? They're in the garden. What are they looking at? A what? What kind of tree? Okay. Here's another tree. Alzavian, it's not as good as yours. God said you may not eat of this tree, right? Here's Adam and Eve. Here's the snake. So, so they eat of the tree. Now, now why, why was Adam afraid? Why was Adam afraid of God after he ate of the tree? Because they, they hid from God fearing punishment, right? We know that. Okay? But why was he afraid biblically? 
Yeah, because he knew he was naked. It's interesting to me that he didn't hide from God because he disobeyed a command. God, I disobeyed your command, so I was afraid, and I hid from you. It's not what he says. He says, I knew I was naked, and I was afraid. You've got to see the source of his shame was his nakedness. He didn't, it, it didn't register with him until God said, hey, man, you listen to the voice of your wife. You disobeyed this command. The fear came from his nakedness, which was a result of the knowledge of good and evil which then led mankind and devolved. And as soon as sin entered in his spirit, he hid from God and started manifesting all types of sinfulness. It set this domino effect. And then death, death took Adam, and Adam over 900 and some odd years later. Right? It produced a physical death in his body. So the spiritual death that happened that moment took 900 years to kill his physical mortal body. Do you see that? That's, I believe that's why they lived so long back then. Is because, because sin hadn't worked its way out into the mortal body to, to overcome the body. Because they were, they were begotten of God in the beginning. Right? So like they were of such vital. They were from God. They were, they were the God, they was, mankind was God's perfection. Like nothing was wrong with man. So here you have the problem with this tree of the old man came from this fall. And so then from this, we begin to perform all of these sinful things, pride, greed, lust, and that produces death. Clear? So how does God deal with our old man? Because because this is where we need, to, we need to get from this old man to the new man, and we want to get some good fruit off of our, off of, off of our new man, don't we? Yes. We want some good fruit. What kind of fruit do we want? Love. Patience. Patience, which is love. Wait a minute. Let's just, whoa. Patience and kindness is all bound up in this love piece of fruit. Mm. Sounds good. Um, holiness. Oh, come on. Righteousness. Yep. Uh, compassion. Power. What kind of tree is this? It's a righteous tree. Okay. Y'all got it? Okay. How do we go from a sinful tree to a righteous tree by grace through faith. But I need to know there's another tree right here. So you have the cross. Look at Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 13, verse 12. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So you have, you have the tree of life, which is Jesus, hanging on the cross, and it says everyone who hangs on a cross is cursed. So let me ask you, what, 
what was nailed to that cross? What part of this, if, if we're going to, if Jesus is going to deal with this tree, the Father's going to deal with our sinfulness, then, then how does he deal with it with the cross? You have to know your faith has to rest on something. Your faith has to be solid. Otherwise, this change from old to new nature, you'll constantly be wondering it because you'll, you'll be looking at your fruit and you'll be like, ah, but I'm not bearing good fruit. And, the, and the, the crazy thing about the new covenant over here, if the new man and the new covenant, is that when, when God tells us he wants us to walk by the Spirit, listen to me, this is so important. This fruit represents the flesh. It's, it's what we see. It's what we do. Like the fruit is what we do, right? But, the, but the, the foundation of the new covenant is to not walk by the flesh. So he's saying, I don't want you, I don't want you to, to realize that your source comes from your flesh. Your source comes from what's true in the spirit. I want you to walk. This, what you are is a spirit. This is a spiritual reality. The type of tree is a spiritual reality. The nature, when we talk about nature, we're talking about the, na- the spirit. When you get born again, you don't become like you're still a, 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 you still have a physical body. Like nothing necessarily changes. You might get healed. You might feel a weight lifted, but like you don't all of a sudden convert and not become a human anymore. Right? But, but internally, you become divine. You become born of God, of the spirit. Are you with me? And the reason why there's so much confusion is because we're so used to living according to the flesh. And everyone wants to see fruit in the flesh, but they're not willing to have their mind renewed and to walk according to the Spirit. My Bible says the, the just or the righteous shall walk by faith, shall live by faith. So what do you mean faith? The, the only way righteousness will come off of your tree is when you realize you've become a righteous tree. And you live as though it's true. If you're born again in this room, the challenge for you is having your mind renewed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians 4 also says, put off the old man, be renewed in the spirit of of your mind, and put on the new man which is created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. This is, this is how you grow in God. This is how you renew your mind. So Jesus wanted you to know that your sins... We're nailed to this cross. This is Colossians 3. I could go there, but for time's sake, just reference it. Your sins, everything you did in the flesh, every debt that you owed God was nailed to this cross in Jesus. Everything. Everything that you would ever do was put on this cross. Amen? Amen. Every debt. Think about that for a second. Let that joy hit your heart. This is not some, you know, Bible college you know, not head knowledge. This is the very joy of the gospel is that all your debts have been paid by Jesus. You are debt free. Oh, my Lord. And so he takes your sins and he nails them to the cross. He became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. And then what he does is he takes your sinfulness, your nature, and he buries it in the grave. Your sinfulness he put in the grave. This is Romans 6. Can we go back to Romans 6? I'm tying all this together for you guys. I I want this to be solid. This is the word of God. I want this to be solid in your spirits. 
the, the, the transformation of the old to new is foundational to having your mind renewed and walking in righteousness to see good fruit come, of, come off of your life. Because if you still believe present day as a new covenant creature that you're still a sinful tree, that you have sinfulness, you will bear sinful fruit. Because a diseased tree cannot bear good fruit. This is why dual nature in the church to say, well, I'm still a sinner. It's, it's, it's entirely unbiblical and it's, and it's undermining the faith of believers. Why? Because a diseased tree cannot bear good fruit. If you're still a sinner by nature, then you have no hope of walking righteously. You can't. You can't have it both ways. You can't say I'm saved and I'm a sinner. You're either saved or you're a sinner. You can't, look, listen, he either saves you. I'm talking about Jesus. My zeal, my passion is because I'm talking about Jesus and what he did. And, and, and think about it. He either saves you from your sin and sinfulness and everything that the devil did to us, or he doesn't. Let's not, let's not play it both ways. Like, let's not come over here and say, yeah, I've, I've, I've been crucified with Christ, but I'm still a sinner. What? That doesn't make sense. You guys with me? So this, this change, Romans 6, look at this. He goes, he preaches grace in Romans 5. If sin reigned through death, grace might reign. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know? Look, he's, he's now giving you specific. You say, well, come on, Peter. I didn't know my sinfulness was put. This is where he says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin, the body of sin, what you did in the flesh, look, might be brought to nothing. You were, your old self was crucified so that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for the one who has died has been set free from sin. He's saying the one who's died right here, who's identified, been united in the grave and raised to newness of life, he has been set free from sin. He's no longer sinful. Now look, let me show you what happens. So you may be righteous in your spirit. But let's, let's, let's be real, because here's, here's what happens. Is maybe the first little fruit that comes off of your baby tree, this is a big tree that Alzavian drew, because this is a grown man of God right here, but it starts off like a little sprout, and it starts off like a little seed in your heart. The righteousness is just like a little seed, right? And my Bible says that you're supposed to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to act. Oh, man, it's God who works in you. We, see, people, they've quoted the first part without quoting the second part. Hey, brother, you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it's God who works both to will, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions, and to act, that's your flesh. So your salvation that starts in your spirit, just like the, that, that mankind, the death started in his spirit and death worked its way out and produced physical death. 
So righteousness starts in your spirit and works its way out and produces righteousness in your body so that you can walk righteously. But here's what happens. Is you may still have lust on your tree as a Christian. You may still have anger here. You may still have pride here. And you're born again. You're, you're a new creature, but this is, this is your flesh. Why? Because for so many years, your mind has been trained as a sinner. And so you're still doing, you're still producing sinful things in your flesh, but it doesn't now, now by faith, you have to learn to identify with a new tree. Come on. This is how, and then, so, because what we do is we try to, we try to prune our own trees. We try to clip, we, we, we don't like this. This produces conflict. This makes you feel like you're not born again. Are y'all with me? This is where the conflict is, is when your flesh and your spirit are not in, in step. They're not in line. Right? And what we do is we try to then respond in the flesh to overcome the flesh, not realizing that God's provision for you to overcome the flesh is he made you a good tree. So the more you embrace righteousness, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm a righteous tree. And, and, and you put your focus here on the Spirit and you walk by the Spirit and you go, you know what, today, this morning, I'm going to walk by the... I'm going to walk. I, I may have been struggling against and fighting against lust. I don't want it in my life. But I'm going to identify with Jesus' purity. And what happens is the, the, the sap of grace... When you say, wow, I'm going to walk in affection with God in New Covenant, the, the sap of grace comes and that lustful piece of fruit that's rotting on your thing, all of a sudden the sap of God's grace and the power of the Spirit flows from within and it, it displaces that lustful piece of fruit and it establishes Christ in His purity in your life. But the source of that is faith in the living Jesus, because now as a righteous tree, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You have the living Christ in you. And, and your goal as a Christian is to yield and surrender to the Spirit of God so that His fruit can come off of your life. That's how you grow. Like, what do I do, Peter? How do I overcome all of these bad things in my flesh? You first recognize that Christ is in you by the Holy Spirit. The living God, the living Jesus Christ is inside of you. The Holy One, the Righteous One, the King of Glory, He's in you by the Holy Spirit. Do you not think that His power, like we have to access the power which is God who dwells in you. And so many of us are busy bypassing Christ in you, trying to perfect yourselves in the flesh according to the spiritual laws that were given. It says this will help you overcome. This is, the, this is where the church is divided right now. They'll believe, they'll believe all day that, man, you, when you die, you'll go to heaven one day. But when it comes to our sanctification and how we get this stuff off of our tree, the church is divided. The church will tell you a hundred different ways to overcome lust, anger, pride. And I believe there's scripturally there's only one way, and it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the only way. It's the only way. There's one way to be sanctified and grow up in God, and it's to let the righteous seed of God and the Holy Spirit begin to manifest, to walk by faith, and to refuse. Listen, Hebrews 3 says, Don't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin, These things will seek to deceive you about your new covenant. Right? Because you you, you're tempted. Here's the battle. 
But let me just, I want to articulate this. When God makes you born again, but then your flesh is not manifesting that reality, it produces a conflict in you. It produces a challenge. Why? Because if you stumble and fall in any of these ways, you're, you're, what, what the devil does is say, see, this is who you are. And he tries to get you to identify according to the flesh instead of, no, my identity comes from God in the spirit and what he did. I, many years ago, I determined in my heart, and it was really hard to do, but I determined in my heart that I wasn't going to allow anything in my flesh, what I saw, to, to, to draw my identity from, that my identity would come from the death, burial, and resurrection alone. That's faith. That's being rooted and grounded in faith. That's what Paul taught the early church. Man, I want you guys to be rooted and grounded in this reality, the death, burial, and resurrection. Why? Because from it flows everything else. This is where your covenant's established. This is where the change of the nature. And this is why as believers, if we don't understand this, like I'm walking with you together. 2 Corinthians 5 says, I no longer regard you according to the flesh. Why? Because I... Not now it's not just for me. You know that therefore every you know, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Do you know he's instructing not primarily for your identity? He's instructing you on how to view others. Go back and read it and you'll see exactly what I'm saying. He's not primarily giving a teaching on Kevin, bro, this is your identity in Christ. He's saying, Hey, how you view others, you've been viewing others according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So if I believe you're in Christ, I no longer have permission to treat you according to the flesh. I don't because because you've made covenant with God. You've been born again. And now I'm going to treat you according to as a righteous tree. Not counting your trespasses against you. Not counting these against you. This we struggle with this, guys. We struggle. We want to count people's sins against them. Well, you should know better. And I get it. There's some people that try to take advantage of this and try to live off in their own sin, man. And, and like Paul said, their condemnation is just. You try to take this gospel and, and live as a licentiousness, freedom to sin, there's no chance. If you really embrace righteousness, you cannot sin. Because a good tree, let me ask you this. If you trust in God's design and you trust in this process... Is it possible as a born-again righteous believer over many years letting the Spirit of God sanctify all of your fruit? Is it possible for a good tree to bear bad fruit? So you're saying, you're saying that the gospel and God's provision and Christ's provision actually made a way to make you a good tree so that it becomes impossible for you to sin? I'm going to hammer it home. Hold on. You can marinate in that for a second. 1 John 3, verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He appeared in order to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. No one who abides in Him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen Him or known Him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. 
Verse 9, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Why? Because God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. He can't keep sinning. Why? Because when you identify with the seed, the righteous seed by the word of God, it confines you. When it, when it says practice of sinning or keeps on sinning, that means that this tree, you're unwilling for the grace of God and the righteousness of God to touch, to touch the fruit of your tree. That's someone who's, who, who's un... This is not saying if there's any sin in your life that you're fighting against or striving against that you're not born again. He's saying that if, if you make a practice of sinning, if you continue in sin and the grace of God is not purging you from sin, then, then you're not actually walking with God or knowing God. Why? Because He's righteous. And if you're in Him and He's in you, in Him is no sin. How can you be in Him and sin not violate your conscience and be broken off of you by the power of God? I hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. For more resources, visit BraveheartMinistries.org.